Gabby Ortiz stands five feet tall. She grew up near Second and Somerset in Philly. She was raised in a household of wrestling fans, and she just happens to be a champion professional female wrestler. Gabby sat with the blunt and discussed how a random conversation at Philly's Terror Behind the Walls led to an audition at the legendary Monster Factory Wrestling School. That began a professional wrestling journey, which took her to Japan and then to a female championship title. We discussed the early days, the dark side of professional wrestling, the importance of a collaboration and dance, if you will, between the wrestlers necessary to complete a successful match, and what the future holds for Gabby. She's a charming personality, and she gave us a rare glimpse into the world of female professional wrestling, often glamorized in popular series such as Glow on Netflix. We think you'll find this interview both entertaining and informative. If you get a chance, subscribe to us on social media, Instagram, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all as The Philly Blunt. And if you subscribe on Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, you'll get notifications when we go live with these interviews, so you can watch them live as they happen. Please tell your family, friends, co-workers all about The Philly Blunt. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with professional female wrestler Gabby Ortiz. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Philly Blunt Podcast. My name's Johnny Goodtimes. I'm Reef. This is Greg. And uh, we are thrilled to be welcoming to the show this week our first ever wrestler uh, as a uh, diehard fan from an era that I, I, I don't want to talk about because it'll give away my age. Um, we are very <laughs> excited uh, to have you on the show today, Gabby Ortiz. Gabby, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome, Gabby. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Gabby, we are um, we are once again we're thrilled to have you here. We're thrilled to talk a little bit about uh, about the pro wrestling lifestyle, the pro wrestling world. But I came across something I thought was interesting, and that is that really this whole thing kind of kicked off uh, at terror. Behind the walls at uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. <laughs> well, it's a that's deep. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where, that's exactly what happened. Uh, my coworker, I mentioned that I loved pro wrestling and I wanted to maybe get involved. And my direct coworker was like, "Yeah, I used to train at the Monster Factory. Uh, you should check it out and stuff." And I was like, "Oh." I was like, all right, uh, that's interesting. And then I uh, did some research, and there was a couple other schools I was considering, but I ended up going with the Monster Factory. So you were just riffing. You were just kicking around ideas. You guys are waiting for the terror behind the walls to start. You're like, ah, yeah, maybe I'll do wrestling. The guy's like, oh, actually, I can make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> so so you, you you go to Monster Factory. You start training. Um, now, I know that, you know, at, at, at a certain point, uh, you didn't think you could wrestle. I, I had heard in another interview you said you thought you were, you were too short. You thought you weren't, um, you know. The, you didn't think you loved wrestling. You watched it growing up, but you didn't think you'd ever be a wrestler. What was it uh, that changed changed on that? And what was it that changed your perspective on it? Um, I had a really big support system at the Monster Factory um, with my trainers, my friends, my boyfriends. They all, you know, were able to show me how to utilize my size in the ring and uh, make it work for me. And, um, also, I started to meet other girls in the business, and they're not as—they're not—they're not much bigger than I am. So, uh, I was able to wrestle them and have um, have confidence in doing that because they understood what it's like to be a smaller girl in the business. And um, 
we just were able to work together in the best ways that we could to make make ourselves look really good in the ring. So um, I just got comfortable in my size and confident in my size, really. So I just use it to my advantage now. A lot of um, a lot of grappling, <laughs> a lot of ground work. <laughs> yeah. So so I guess mo- most people, and especially females, probably don't have the urge to be a professional wrestler. So you had to be exposed to it at some point growing up. Yeah, because of people was, who um, lived around you. My dad and my brother, they watched it all the time. It was always on at home. Um, my brother was obsessed with the girls, so we had hamsters. He called them Lita and Trish. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, it just it was always something that was on at home. I, um, I found out a bunch of really cool stories from my uh, great-grandparents. They used to, um, in North Philly, they had kind of like a speakeasy sort of thing because bars used to close really early here back then, and uh, the firefighters and uh, police officers would go over to their house to go drink and hang out because everywhere else was closed. Um, and the wrestlers kind of caught wind of that when they would come into town because they were always wrestling here in Philly. So um, they caught wind that my uncle, that my gr- great grandfather uh, had this kind of bar in his basement. They were like, we got to go there and hang out. So uh, Andre the Giant tried to come in. He was too tall. <laughs> he couldn't And I did, my dad would tell me the story, and I'm like, these are crazy tall tales. And like just recently, they were corroborated by his cousin. They were like, yeah. She was like, yeah, this absolutely happened. Like Bruno San Martino would hang out. Pedro Morales would be here. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was, I was like, oh, so this is kind of, I'm the first in my family to do it. So, mm-hmm. but it's always been something that's been a part of our lives. So, yeah. Even, even more than I thought. <laughs> so where was that? Where, where did you grow up in North uh, at? And uh, is your family still there? A lot of my family is. I'm in Port Richmond now, um, but I grew up at Second and Somerset and then moved to oh, North, North North. Yeah, North North. <laughs> yeah, I was born at Episcopal. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's um, that's where I'm from. <laughs> that's where I'm from. That's where I was raised. Uh, and then uh, I lived in Fairmount for a while. So by the art museum. Um, mm-hmm. when my mom got it, like a good job, and my dad got a good job. So they sure. moving on up from moving on up yeah, from, yeah. The, from PHA. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah. Then I am in Portsmouth now, but me and my dad. So. Yeah. Are you the youngest? Yes. Okay. How did your big brothers take to uh, their little sister uh, <laughs> rocking out? So it's my my big brother, my big sister. They both were not shocked. I'm always like <laughs> the adventurous, creative one that is like doing something crazy, and they um were like, "All right, just don't get hurt." And I was like, "I cannot make any promises." <laughs> <laughs> but they are so supportive. They're the best. My brother is like made I uh, for my birthday. Um, I told him I was like, I need merch. Like, I need to sell merch. He bought me my first order of T-shirts to sell. Like, they, I'm super lucky, super duper yeah. lucky. Yeah. Do they do they come out to your matches? Are they real rowdy and loud and supportive? <laughs> my, my sister like was at one match. I was um I was the face. So I was getting my butt kicked, and I I almost like had to tell the ref like make sure she doesn't come in. Like get the get the security. She was like about to come <laughs> over the car. Back girl back because uh, I told you. <laughs> I know what's happening. <laughs> I'm a pro. My brother's yeah. really cool though. My brother my, when I wrestle in New England, that's where he lives. Uh, he always comes out to my shows in New England. Always. Awesome. Yeah. You said you were the face. What does the face mean? Oh, the good guy. The good guy. Okay. Right. Or the bad. I, I usually, I'm usually the bad guy because I can like do bitch really good. Sorry, can I curse? No. I don't. Fuck <laughs> yeah, okay. we encourage okay. it. Yeah. Uh, Greg, did you ask for that because you want to make sure the audience understands the term, or, or do you really not know what that meant? I don't know what the face is. 
Yeah. And the heel is? Yeah, so yeah, she's a heel. Is. Come on. <laughs> All right. So, so what was it that really, like, you know, finally flipped the switch that you said, okay, this isn't something I'm just going to talk about a terror behind the walls. I'm actually going to go into this gym and make give this a shot. Uh, I emailed Danny Cage, the owner, and he was so like, to me, I'm I'm making that email and I'm like shaking while I'm writing it. And I'm like, this is the biggest moment of my life. What am I going to do? And he was so nonchalant. He was like, yeah, come in Wednesday. I was like, this Wednesday? And he's like, yeah, come on in. We'll, we'll run you through and see if you can see if you can hack it. And I was like, okay. And at this point in time, I'm not really thinking that I was like, oh, I'm actually really going to do this. But then I made a commitment to go there on Wednesday. And I was like, I have to fulfill it. Like, I can't just back out. That'd be like, so that'd be like a bitch thing to do. And like, uh, I went and then I realized I really loved it. I loved the community and the camaraderie and um, I got through the tryout pretty good. And I loved Danny. He was like straight shooter kind of guy. And um, uh, he had an Eagles hat on and I was like, I'm home. Was, I can't, how am I supposed to say no to this? <laughs> For those of you know that are listening, what is exactly is the monster factory? The monster factory is a kind of known as the first ever professional wrestling school uh, in America. So, uh, it's been around a really long time. Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, got his start there with the, uh, trainer. His name is, uh, pretty boy, Larry Sharp. Well, his name was, he's, uh, he's passed away now, uh, rest in peace. And, uh, it's just well known as like a, as like the first school and it's uh, been reworked and revitalized within the last five years or so. So it's a lot different than it used to be, but it still has the same heart. So. Got you. Okay. When you show off for that first trial day, everyone like new meat, new meat, and everyone just giving you everything they have to make they life were, miserable for you. At the tryout, no, they were very professional and very nice. But then when I signed up and gave my first couple weeks of tuition, it was like no Smart, smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good smart. business sense right there. Yeah, yes. for sure. Until we get the money, then we start being mean. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked it. I was, I kind of expect that. Well, it's pro wrestling. Like I wasn't thinking we were going to be like painting each other's nails. About that, uh, tell us about that first match. So you, you, you're you've you've been training. You're getting ready to head into the ring to to you know take on somebody in your first match. What do you remember about that experience? What were your nerves like? What was that day like? Uh, so I kind of, my first match was in a pretty unique scenario to other people's first matches. Um, it was me and the girl I wrestled first match. Usually you wrestle a veteran is what we call them. So someone that's been in the business a while. Um, and there were no other girls training at the Monster Factory but her and I. And they were at a show called the Factory Fridays, which were a little bit more adult. So you had to be 18 plus to go. Uh it was um, bring your own whatever, have fun, basically. All the wrestlers are out by the ring, so we weren't in the back going in for entrances. We were literally like good guys, bad guys on one side of the ring. I was a bad guy. She was a good guy. And uh, usually when you're in the back, I'm going to pull the curtain back on wrestling. It's People know what the deal is anyway. Uh, usually when you're in the back before you go out, you can go over your match a couple times. And you can think like you can say like okay like this is what we're gonna do or no I kind of want to change this I like this a little bit better, um, 
or, you know, watch out for this at this part. If I don't do it, you know, let me know. Like, you know, you can kind of like collaborate a little bit more, but because at, on this particular show, all the wrestlers are out there on different sides of the ring. We couldn't communicate. So yeah. our names were called and we were like, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> Luckily we had the guys around the ring. So they were kind of like coaching us through it as we went. This is a very unique situation. You don't ever see this happen. So I, um, I felt lucky, but also a lot of pressure because literally my, my boyfriend who I really looked up, who I was really look up to still, still to this day. I mean, like I'm cooler than him now, but back then I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> He's there like watching the whole thing. And like, I'm seeing his like live reaction to what's going on. And, um, they were telling us like, okay, like sell for a little bit, like, like, like give a minute, the crowd's reacting. And like, we're literally being coached through our first match, which does not happen. Uh, and there's footage of it out there. <laughs> like it's on YouTube. Uh, I rewatched it recently and I was like, so nervous. I'm like, this is going to suck. It wasn't bad as I remembered. Right. I was impressed with myself. I was like, okay. <laughs> she, I had no idea what I was doing. I was about to talk like she had no idea what she was doing. She is me. I had no idea what I was doing, but I faked it pretty good. <laughs> nice. 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 We always, so, we usually, we usually, I'm sorry, Reef. Go ahead. Go ahead. Rock out. Finish we, 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 we usually ask uh, people what their wrestler entrance theme song would be. Do you remember what your song was for that first match? It was a song called Set You Right by Canterbury. There's like indie band in England. I, I got to be that girl that's like, uh, like this indie band? Like, no, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get a, a strong fan reaction with that one? Yeah. Gabby, Gabby the hipster Ortiz. Uh, <laughs> obscure indie band. From Liverpool. From Liverpool. <laughs> you guys don't know this song. It's a good song. I actually don't think they make music anymore, but it was my MySpace song when I was, when like MySpace was a thing. Wow. Yeah, and I remember really liking it and thinking like when I first put it, I was like, this would be good wrestling music. This would be a good entrance song. So yeah. I made it my entrance music. Right. Uh, Currently, though, my entrance music is uh, a song my, my best friend made. So she. she you have your own, your own theme music now. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Good yeah. stuff. So people often talk about how wrestling's quote unquote fake, but you could die in the ring. Do you sure. ever give that any thought? No. <laughs> if, I, if I did, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just giving you the hard facts, you know, in case you didn't know. You know what I mean? No, um, hey. And also, I, I, it's a two-parter because I wonder how do you feel as someone that dedicated their life and working out and, and you know, training and trying to make safe, uh, entertaining matches when people still throw the 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 it's fake around. You know what I mean? Hey, I I kind of have decided to not fight with people that say that because it's not. I'm not in this to prove anything to them. I'm here sure. to entertain our fans sure. and the people that pay us and give us money and support us. If you want to come over and say like, oh, this is fake. Like it doesn't even hurt. The, the, the bruises on my body say otherwise. My mm -hmm. separated shoulder says otherwise. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have to prove it to you. Do you feel as a female, do you um, feel like, does the industry support female wrestlers? It's gotten better over the last yeah. couple of years. Um, definitely has gotten better. Uh, there's more of us every day. I feel like there's another girl coming into the business, which is awesome. Uh, it wasn't always like that. Even when I first started, which was like six years ago, um, it's gotten, uh, there's more there's more space for us because it used to be like we were, we'd be fighting over one match on a card and now it's like, there might be several or there's a whole show dedicated to, to women's matches. And it, like I said, it wasn't always like that. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you, you joined at kind of a tipping point in a way, right at that same time. There was a, you know, there was a famous give divas a chance hashtag. And then AJ Lee kind of, um, you know, went at Stephanie McMahon and, uh, that, that was kind of a turning point in the whole, you know, in the whole idea of women in wrestling. Cause again, as an old school fan, women's wore a sequin dress and they opened the rings up, they opened the, you know, the ring up so the wrestler could walk in and like, it was very deep. If there was an actual match, it was real deep on the undercard. So like yeah. you, do, do you, feel that can you can you notice that that the change and and is it is it changing quickly or is it are people still sort of stubborn and resistant to that change i i think it's changing pretty quickly Mm -hmm. pretty rapidly i know it's changed to the point where if there is a guy that feels a certain way about professional wrestling about women's professional wrestling they won't say it because there's enough people out there that will defend us You know, they don't want to be like, like, like crucified for their views. They don't want to be the asshole. They don't want to be the asshole. Do you think you do you feel any different pressure than the guys do for um, like body image and staying in shape? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, um, because I date a wrestler. His name is um, Leon Saint Giovanni. He's a Ring of Honor wrestler. He um, can eat ten cheeseburgers and still have like still be ripped and jacked and i'm like yeah, I'll, I'll eat 10 cheeseburgers and i'll look like i'm about to give birth to his child <laughs> like, I, I totally relate to to what your boyfriend goes through it's it's, it's, it's hard you know <laughs> it's so yeah. tough i know yeah. you know i just think that like athletic men are it's like easier for them to like eat whatever they want i love mm-hmm. food <laughs> yeah. food's awesome There's all this uh, uh, content around the just bleak and dark sadness of wrestling, the dark side of the ring and the movie, The Wrestler and all that. Like from your experiences, is is it really that? I mean, it feels like there's some there's got to be some joy and hopefulness there, too. Correct. <laughs> I thought, you know, I had the same conversation when Dark Side of the Ring was, I think, in its second season. Um, there was, there was the episode of the Chris Benoit episode, which yeah. is dark. It doesn't get much darker than that. I watched the series, but I couldn't watch that episode. It's too much. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. It was tough. Cause they did a lot of Eddie stuff too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that just sucks in by itself. And, um, right. I had that same conversation. I was like, why do I do this? If, it, if, if it's, this is good, gla- this is essentially glamorized. Mm-hmm. Like that was probably one of the most viewed shows on Vice ever. Sure. So um, people like that stuff though. Like, yeah. There's yeah. like a mm-hmm. weird primal instinct to just like love tragedy and violence and stuff. Right. And I think that's kind of why people like wrestling anyway. Right. Um, I've definitely seen dark, the dark side in my own experience in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you find that with any industry though. Yeah. Um, I understand why it's there's a magnifying glass on wrestling because we've had fatalities mm. because of this business, but right. there's a lot of good too. I yeah. wouldn't still do it if there wasn't a lot of good. I read that one of your moves is a swinging neck, bre- neck breaker. Yes. As a survivor of a neck broken neck. I want to know why, why do you want to break people's necks? Why did you go with that move? Cause <laughs> it sounds like, awesome. Oh, yeah, it does sound awesome. Right. Spin around. But I don't break anybody's neck. Uh, they land safely on their backs. The reason I chose it is because any of my opponents can be given that move. It's not a move where I have to pick somebody up or oh, um, right. where I have to 
like go up to the top and do a crazy flip or whatever. It's something that still looks really cool. It's on the ground. It's safe. And um, it's just, it's quick. So it happens out of nowhere. I'll give them like a kick to the gut, pop them in there and just swing them through. And then one, two, three, it's done. It's quick. It comes out of nowhere. Like kind of like, it's kind of like my RKO, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so when you, when you close your eyes and you visualize the future, like is it, is the goal like, you know, dominate rock status become a movie star or is it just you're just having fun right now and just building towards something and you don't really know where it's going or is there like a five-year plan in your mind um so right now i am just having fun especially kind of, we're getting to post covid it's not really Shit. there yet uh right. losing it losing this for a while was really tough on me because um, it was it was my whole life like it still is mm. um so right now i'm just in a in a state of gratitude that I can still do this, that I have a full calendar this May that and into June, which I didn't have last year. So um, eventually I would like to, I would like to see myself signed. I want my name on a contract. Uh, I think I'm good enough to have my name on a contract. Uh, it's just, my time will come. Uh, yeah. I just have to prove myself and keep working really hard and it'll, it'll, I'm, in a space of just kind of um, matching the vibration of what's going on, not to sound like a spiritual like. No, 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 no. I, I you know? <laughs> we're, we're all right with that. Yeah, yeah I'm just trying to match the vibration of what's going on around me and being grateful for what I have and excited yeah. for the future. Yeah. That's that's the most incredible way to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially like I'm 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 I make music. I'm in music, and it's it's literally like you just have to just be grateful for the fact that anyone would pay money to come and yeah. see you and, and support you and show you love. There's so much pressure to make it, but what is making it really when you're doing what you love to do, right? Exactly. Exactly. I feel the same way. Getting to that next level, how much of that is technical skill and how much of that is sort of the it factor? Um, I would say 10% skill, 90% it factor. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. That's interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you I come known, up with those metrics? I have known men who, men and women who are just incredible technical wrestlers. I could watch them go for hours. They are amazing, but they just never got it. They never, they never so, hit that, hit that big time. And sometimes there's just something missing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's okay. Those guys have become amazing trainers. They've, they're still involved in the business as writers, producers, there's a, there's someone for everyone in this business. There's there's something for everyone in this business, but it factors so much. I mean, think like Hulk Hogan. What are his moves? He's got yeah, moves. yeah, he stunk. I mean, he was a bad tech. I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. It was, he was a bad technical wrestler, but it was all all charisma. I mean, Hulk so. Hogan can like suck my butt, but yeah, yeah, he turned into a terrible person. That uh, yeah, man, disappointed. Yeah. But like it, that just it's just a good analogy for like how much it factor is important yeah yeah right you get if you're performing do people know if there's like a scout from one of the um higher groups like wwe or something do they come out and scout local smaller events it's um we danny cage uh used to bring one in like once okay. or twice a year uh but you have to work like someone's always watching. I, I'm really good friends with a guy who works at WWE who his job, his job to going into Connecticut, 
up at the Connecticut building for WWE is to watch indie wrestling videos. To scout mm-hmm. talent. So you have to always perform like there's somebody watching. I mean, there's always somebody mm-hmm. watching, but especially nowadays, usually it used to be like the guy, the vets always say like, oh, you guys are so lucky. I used to have to send my eight by tens and a VHS tape through mail to a bunch of promoters to get my name out there. Now they just look up your name on YouTube and everything is there. And it's like, right. Yeah. It's easier, but you can't edit that as well. Yeah. Exactly. The, what what goes up there goes up there. Yeah. yeah. Not really much. You really have no control over that. I mean, you can put your own stuff up, but for the most part, you know, you want other promotions and their audiences to see what, yeah. what you have. Yeah. That actually kind of was leading into my next question. When you mentioned YouTube, how much is social media? I'm sure it helped, but uh, is there like a hindrance? Are you constantly feeling pressure to be like on all the platforms, always on, or are you? How are you balancing that? Uh, I love social media as it is. Like yeah. I'm a I'm a MySpace Live Journal AIM kid. Like that's like the shit I did as soon as I got home. I did not watch Arthur. I did not watch PBS. Guys, AIM. those were those were social media sites back in the day. Just so yes, right. <laughs> I am a- AI. What? Old, so like that was yeah. like the that was like after school. Like that's what you did. You left your friends. Right. I'm coming back right. home. I'm talking to my friends. <laughs> like, yeah. Greg's like aim at what? But aim- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What is aim? <laughs> AOL instant messenger. <laughs> you gotta put like a when you were doing your away message. If you were sad, you put like a like a simple yeah, play yeah. lyric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what um, Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Gabby. No, uh, I love. I just love social media. So that isn't hard for me. That's like something that comes really like not natural because this is not natural, but it's very right. easy for me. When people are watching, uh, you know, wrestling events, it, it, the way it looks from the outside is it's two people coming into the ring and somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. But when you're in the ring, it's not so much an athletic competition as it is almost like a dance, right? Like, mm-hmm. aren't you and the other person, how, you know, how, aren't you more or less putting on a show that you have to collaborate on? And, and, and what what is... What's going on inside the ring when you're in there with somebody else? Are you all having, are you like, okay, now I'm going to do the leg kick. Now I'm going to drop you in the figure four. Are you guys talking smack? Like what's, what's going on there? What's the communication once a match begins? Some of the funniest conversations I've had in my life have been mid mid match. (laughs) Just ridiculous shit that whatever we can say to each other that the crowd will not hear is said. Um, uh, A lot of the time you plan out stuff before, and sometimes it doesn't always work out and you have to call stuff on the fly is what we call it. We call it just working on the fly. So, um, I will more than likely know what's, what's coming next, but just in case the person will, you know, they'll go to like whip me to the other side of the ring and they'll come close to me and say, watch, they'll watch for the clothesline or say uh, line. It just, it could be as simple as that, or they could just say, take a bump. And then you have to just, it could be whatever. It could be a drop kick. It could be anything. Um, you just have to be prepared, and that's something you learn in training: is how to communicate in the ring without making it obvious, but making it very clear what's coming next. Because if it isn't clear, it could that's some somebody da- dangerous yeah. stuff could happen. Yeah. So that's a huge part of of training. Yeah, I would say even even bigger than like learning cool moves. It's learning how to work on the fly and like not to be a deer in the headlights and like and like stop and like what the hell is going on here now to keep moving and to make it look good and as natural as possible um, if things go haywire. Mm-hmm. So. Have you have you worked with anyone who's terrible on the fly and how do you deal with that? 
I think I think that's a yes. <laughs> was uh you, was you have to name names. Weirdly yeah. enough, it was at the Lombard Rec Center. I think it's called the Lombard Rec Center. It's the one right on um it's like on Third and Lombard. I forget what right. it's called. Yeah. The yeah. Rec Center. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was super yeah. close. Um and I was wrestling this I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> don't say their name. Don't say their name. I mean, telling you, saying where the show was kind of gave it away. If anybody yeah. knows who's listening, but um, I get it. I get why she why her head was mixed up. But uh, it was it was rough, mm-hmm. uh, and I felt bad because a lot of my family came out, and it was very not a good match. Um, I was trying. I was, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just picturing this lady like grabbing oh, your leg, yeah. like yeah, I got you. <laughs> so it was a little. In in traditional like match structure, the bad guy is the one calling everything to the good guy. They're controlling the pace of the match. So say middle of the heat where the the bad guy's beating up the good guy, um, they'll put you in a hold and say, Okay, fire up for your comeback. They're the ones controlling the pace of the match. At this point in time, I was the face and she was the heel. And um she wasn't in the position to be in control of a match at that oh, time in her career. Yeah. Uh, and I, as someone who had been wrestling a little bit longer than her, should have... It wasn't like a serious show. It was a one-off thing. It wasn't like it was a storyline going on. I should have switched gears. I should have become the heel. I should have got a little bit more aggressive and started, like... But instead, I'm, like, calling stuff to the ref. I'm like, ref, tell her to come over and grab me and start beating mm-hmm. me up. And he's walking over to her... Like he's checking on her, but telling her, okay, Gabby. And it was just a mess. It was a mess. Mm-hmm. Cause like, we're playing like whisper down the lane at this point and things are getting misconstrued. Oh, that was rough. That was rough. Uh, you, you took a trip to Japan a few years ago and I've heard that uh, Japan is kind of at the forefront of women wrestling. Like they've always kind of taken the lead on that. Even when the U S was still kind of back in the valet, you know, the woman's the valet or whatever days. Um, what was that like? Like, was that just completely like, did that blow your mind being in that environment? Um, did that change the way you looked at wrestling? What was that? What was that experience like? I was still so new when I went there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was maybe five matches in, in the United States at that point, wow. uh, when they shipped me off to Japan and said, good luck, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I mean, they're they take it so seriously. It's it's out there. It's baseball and then professional wrestling. Wow, how <laughs> wow. great it is to the to that country. Um, so it's, huh. it's taken very seriously. The girls take it seriously. When they, when I first got there, I was definitely not looked at as I was. Um, I wasn't looked at uh, as a threat. Not really a threat, but like they were like, this girl has no idea what she's doing. Um. But I proved myself, and like by the end of the by the end of the tour, like uh, I called a group hug for all the girls, and we were like all on a big hug together, and it was like very cute and stuff. But uh, the first couple weeks were hard, uh, going through the really tough training, um, and a non air. It was it was the middle of summer, uh, so there was no air conditioning, and we were there all day because a lot of the girls there are still school age, so it would be like. Their, their after-school program was professional wrestling training. So we'd be there super hmm. late. Or they would leave school in the middle of the day and come train. That also happened, too. That's how serious wow. it is out there. So um, uh, I miss it, though. I would go back in a heartbeat. <laughs> as hard as it was, I would totally go back. Anybody ever stink in the ring? Like, you're like, oh, I don't even want to grapple with this person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh God. Cool. There needs, to, uh, there needs to be like a training session at every school called Personal Hygiene 101. <laughs> oh, man. That is rough. That's some intimate moves going on, too. Seriously, yeah. like you're in like chin locks, you're in head yeah. locks. And it's like, yeah, yeah. No. no. Uh, I always put deodorant and perfume on before I wrestle. Oh, <laughs> seriously, because sure. I know what it's like to wrestle someone that stinks. I don't want to be that guy. All right, well, we're ready to uh, take it to the blunt here. Um, We're going to go rapid-fire questions, rapid-fire answers, and uh, I'll kick us off. What would be your dream opponent, male, female, living or dead? Who would you most want to wrestle against? AJ Lee. You're fresh after a match. You're starving. Where are you heading? Wendy's. Yes. Wendy's? (laughs) Yeah. Every time. Four for four? <laughs> I'm, I like the five dollar biggie bag because yeah, yeah, they got the double cheeseburger now, so I go for that. It's a catchy song that commercials got too about that bag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what's something that scares you? I hate big statues. I don't like statues or mountains. That's weird. That's true though. I don't like mountains. <laughs> uh, what is the most exciting thing that you can imagine happening in your life? Um, meeting Henry Cavill. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Superman. <laughs> that's, Superman. Such a, that's such a girly <laughs> answer, but it's true. Like, I want to meet him so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cats and dogs. Cats. Best advice anyone's ever given you? Uh, if they don't pay your bills, pay them bitches no mind. Mm. Nice. That's RuPaul. No, he, she, he didn't give that. <laughs> 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 I take it with me everywhere I go. Nice. Uh, what's your karaoke song? Uh, Faith, George Michael. Oh, cool. Uh, should Baby Groku have stayed with the Mandalorian, or did you think he was good to go with Luke? He should have stayed. Listen, listen. Okay, Kylo is coming, and he's going to destroy Luke's whole thing. And I'm worried Grogu's there. And I think he should have stayed with Mondo. I agree. I agree. What the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> you okay. see the doll behind her? Young people the stop. Guy, him. Yeah. Baby Yoda. Goku. Yoda yeah. Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. No, actually, I'll say TikTok now. I'm on TikTok way more. All right. What uh, if you can have any band perform, band or artist perform for your next birthday? Who's it going to be? Fallout Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fall! Oh, you said Fallout Boy. Fallout mm-hmm. Boy, yeah. Nice. Uh, what is the secret to making a relationship work? And that doesn't mean just boyfriend girlfriend. I mean relationships in general. Separate blankets when you're sleeping. <laughs> 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 uh, give me something beautiful about Philadelphia. The people. Uh, what's your uh, one? Fill in the blank. One lesson I am still learning is blank. Uh, how to make my eyebrows look the same. <laughs> oh wow now that you mentioned it I know right <laughs> uh, what sign are you and what attributes of that sign do you most fit I am a Libra and I am very indecisive all three of my kids are Libras I'm fucked I guess yeah do <laughs> uh, you have a favorite Philadelphia Eagle from like back in the day, David Akers, I always really liked him. Oh, yeah. David Akers. 
consistent. Yeah. 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 What uh, what documentary or match would you re- most recommend people watch if they're at all interested in wrestling? Is there a match on YouTube that you consider one of the all time great wrestling matches, and or uh, uh, and or is there a wrestling documentary that you think is one of the all time uh, great documentaries? Honestly, um, I really like the MTV True Life. I'm a pro wrestler. China and Triple H are in that. Um, I I think it's super interesting. It's a little outdated, but uh, mm-hmm. it's still fun to it's still cool to watch. It's all on YouTube, so I would definitely check that out. MySpace has made a miraculous comeback. All of a sudden, in 2021, we click your profile. What song starts playing right now? Um, probably uh, Willow by Taylor Swift. I really love Taylor Swift right now. I'm like giving her a chance. <laughs> All right, stay with music. What's the worst concert you've ever seen? Uh, it was a band that opened up for Taking Back Sunday. Um, I don't remember their name. The the Taking Back Sunday was great, but this band that opened for them was the drizzling shits hot garbage I almost left. All right, Gabby. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Give us uh, give a shout out to all your socials. Anybody so anybody can listen and can uh, be sure to follow you and uh, hear hear all of your uh, in depth reporting of uh, what bands sound like a uh, what'd you say a shit drizzle sandwich? Drizz- or drizzling shit. That's a Dan Case. My trainer says that. <laughs> so yeah, what uh, where can we where can we find you on socials? Sure, I am uh, at Gabity, G-A-B-B-I-T-Y on Instagram and Twitter. Those are the socials I use the most. If you want to find me on Facebook, I'm Gabby Ortiz. I don't really use it, but it's there. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a hip young person. What do you, you wouldn't be on right, Facebook. Right, yeah, <laughs> so hip. I said yeah. George Michael would be my karaoke song. <laughs> hey, this is this mid-late 40 guy thinks that's fine. Yeah. Okay. He's got a voice like butter. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Gabby. Good luck. Thanks, to you. Thanks, Gabby. Keep, keep killing him. All Good right. Awesome. Thank you, Gabby. Bye. Just the sound of Philadelphia. Brothers covered in blood, the man's office is covered in bugs, the youth dreams cut short.